What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I am back with another preview as I look ahead to one championship, 166, which goes down over in Qatar this March 1st, Friday. It's uh, a bit of an earlier time. I believe it's... Um, uh, I believe it's 12.30 for me. Um, it is uh, 7.30 Eastern time, I believe, and you can do the rest of the the, <laughs> the combination yourself with that one. Um, it's on the one, uh, Watch One Championship website, watch.1fc.com, I believe it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure uh, you'll check everywhere else around the world. And this is, this is a really good card, if I'm being honest. Like, this is uh, One Championship's answer, I think, to... Uh, the, the PFL versus Bellator card uh, from from last week. Now, maybe not directly the answer to it, but I think it's a very, very good card. They've made uh, probably the best title fights that they can make. Uh, funnily enough, we have three rematches to top this card. Uh, unfortunately, we're supposed to have uh, Stan Fairtex uh, on this card against uh, Denise Zawanga. That fight fell out. It's moved on uh, to a card only a couple of weeks down the, the line. Um Tyree Tolo's um, grappling match is also off this card, um, but all in all, it's still a very, very, very good card with some, uh, you know, people have been wanting one championship to give us top-level MMA fights. Well, they have given us top-level MMA fights in this, and I'm going to look ahead to uh, five of the MMA fights uh, on this card. Um, just to touch on what else... Is actually on it because obviously we're going to concentrate on the uh, the mixed martial arts today. There is a catchweight boxing matchup between uh, Query Al Qutani and Mehdi uh, Tatooth. There's a submission grappling match on it as well. Kleber Souza against um, uh, Osama uh, Al Moara, um, and there are a couple more Muay Thai bouts as well uh, on this. You can uh, you can check them out if if that's the sort of thing uh, you uh, you like. Uh, one of the standouts there, Ali uh, Saladiev is fighting Zakaria El Jamaria like uh, Saladiev and uh, Shinish Suzuki as well is on uh, against uh, Han Zihau. So um, the MMA people will be happy, but the Muay Thai people I think will be happy as well. And the uh, the main card here is full with uh, with MMA with those three championship um, uh, rematches to top the card, and each one of them very interesting. I went back just before this and watched the three fights uh, that, that had happened uh, before. It made my life easier. I usually have to go and I have to watch, uh, you know, specific fights for specific people. I don't really have to do that with this. Just watch the one fight back and um, that's my work done. So I only had to watch the three fights for the three. I thought it was, there was a bit more than that, but it was as people would probably guess. The, the one thing I would say from all three fights, right? If you were to go on Sherdog and go, okay, I'm looking up Jared Brooks. You look at his last matchup. Okay, he won that fight against Pacquiao. You might think, ah, yeah, he won it handy. What's next? Uh, Tank High and Tanley, my memory of that, that's a bit different. Now, my memory of that was also like, ah, Tank High kind of won that one handy enough. And the same with um, Anatoly Malyakin against Rene de Ritter. To varying degrees, I think all of them... All of those preconceptions have kind of changed uh, on the rewatch of all three fights, and I'll explain uh, why we get there uh, and or why that is as I uh, as I go along here. All in all, though, I would say before we start here that this is a very good test, I think, for one championship and how many people they can get in to uh, watch this card, and how many people I suppose will will be talking about it online and will be bang up for this card because this is you know 
the best of the best of what they have. No, I think Stamp, as I said, falling out was, was, was an issue. And I think if that was there, we'd be talking about unmissable card altogether. I still think, honestly, it's an unmissable card. As someone who has covered one championship non-stop for the last two years and obviously has covered it before that as well, but doing a preview for all of the, the number of cards and the prime cards for Sherdog here for the last uh, over two years now, um, I, I think I have a pretty good um, read on who is the best fighter in one championship and who are the, the best fighters in each division and who is the, their best champions and stuff. And, like, it's very hard to say we don't have, you know, at least three, if not four, of the top five or six fighters in one championship in the top three fights in this card. And that is, that is a lot. That's saying a lot. So there's some real, real talent on this. And... um. I'd be very interested. I'm obviously recording this a, a little bit uh, earlier on, on Sunday evening, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the promotion for this, the push it gets, and whether the MMA community will get behind it. They really should. Honestly, they really should. In a similar way to the PFL versus Bellator last week, there was a very fun KSW guard as well last week. I think people got behind. But this is high quality, like real, real, real high quality stuff, and I'm massively looking forward to it. So, you know... I, I'll tell you whether it's one championship or cage wires or, you know, KSW or the UFC, if it's good or bad, I'll tell you straight out. And just telling you straight out, this is very, very, very good. So let's get into it and let's break down each of the fights here. I'm going to start with the Ritter versus uh, Malikin, uh, whose name I always absolutely mess up, but we, we'll go with it anyway. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see this rematch. Now, this fight is going to be taking place at the middleweight limit for one championship, which um, is closer to the light heavyweight limit, obviously, as we know, for everywhere else, because one championship do their uh, their weight cutting differently to everybody else. So if you're talking about a heavyweight going down to middleweight, it's not your normal heavyweight. It's not like, you know... Derek Lewis cutting down to 185. It's it's not that. It's more like, you know, Derek Lewis trying to get down to 205. Maybe, maybe not completely that, but you, I think people kind of understand the way it's it's going there now. Um, so it's not as big maybe a disadvantage. Obviously, Maliakin haven't been the champion as heavyweight and light heavyweight, which he still is. The Ritter was the champion at light heavyweight and middleweight. Still the middleweight champion. Lost the belt to Maliakin. For the light heavyweight. So it's a bit, a bit convoluted and complicated there. But basically, these two lads hold the three belts. They've already fought for one. Now they're fighting for the second one. Um, so that's the first thing we need to talk about here before we get to the last fight, before we get to the next fight. Will it have an effect on uh, Malikin? Um, the la- so the last time he would have had to make a certain weight, whether that would have been, you know, 225 or whatever it might be to, to get the light heavyweight. There isn't that o- upper limit, which, you know, he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world. And I'm sure it'll be a little bit harder to get down here. I I, I don't think it'll be a big issue for him. Now, we will see. You know, we will see whether it's a big issue for him or not. When he weighs in, we will see if it's a big issue for him or not. Whether he makes a weight, we will see if it's a big issue for him or not. On how he walks out and how he looks in the fight itself. That's a big question holding over this fight. So I wanted to mention that first off and to see, you know, where where the cards fall on that one. The second is going back and watching their first fight. So I, li- I literally watched this, you know, half an hour over here. Um, and first, look, okay, the first thing about it, right, Malikin did dominate the fight, right? He hurt him early, which I'll get back to in a second. He continued to hurt him 
He hurt him pretty badly And he finished him Right So The Ritter Got small bits Which I'll talk about in a second But this fight was If you were to score this fight as a whole You know from where it stopped You're talking 10-8 Malikin Right That's that's where you're going with this If you're to score it as You know what I mean Around or whatever He, he dominated this fight the the one saving grace I would think I would have for the Ritter, right? So not not saving grace, right? If you're looking for the Ritter and thinking, okay, Jesus, he took a bad beating in that. How is this going to turn around? Okay, the weight class being lower absolutely favors him. We'll see if it's a massive disadvantage for Mayakin. Um, we will see on that. But the other part of it is watching back that fight. Very early, the Ritter was taken out of his game. So I would say when in. Within 10 seconds, maybe even a little bit less, the Ritter got hit with like a massive kind of, it wasn't, it was kind of a, you know, one of those bolo punches, like the, the, the right hand uppercut type of shot. And in my opinion, he wasn't the same for the rest of the fight. In my opinion, that was kind of the end of him putting out a winnable uh, performance in that fight. And that's just now. People, some people might disagree with that, um, and and absolutely, if, if you uh, if you want to, absolutely do. But that's what what I think. Um, the other side of that, then, okay, right. You want to say that? That was caused by Malikin, <laughs> so it's not an excuse. It's just what happened. What the reader needs to do in this fight is avoid that at all costs. Don't get hit early. Don't. You know, don't let him land his big shot. You need to land. You need to land something bigger. Like you need to get a big takedown, maybe a big shot, or do nothing. Right? Stay as far away from him as you possibly can. Fight on the outside. We we'll talk about the uh, uh, the the, the Tan Lee Tan Kai fight in in a, in a second, uh, and and how that went. But that's the sort of thing you need to do, right? Either. Make it big or make it very little. And don't make it big for, for Malyakin if you try to make it big for yourself. But I don't think that's the way to go. I think making it little is the way to go. Kick him from the outside. Stay away from him. Do not let him cut off the cage. He couldn't do that in the first, right? But how much of that was that in the first fight? How much of that was down to him getting hit with that big shot early, right? Um, it's It's actually hard to tell. This is pure speculation for me. We saw the fight. That's what happened in the fight. If he didn't land, land that big shot early, would he be able to have fought off? Would he be able to have thrown his jab a little bit more? Uh, would he be? Would he have been able to get a takedown or something like that? We'll, we'll never know, I suppose. But what happened was he didn't. He wasn't. The one or two other things that I saw from the Ritter that I liked in, you know, in a destruction, really was his ability to break the distance multiple times. His entries were very good, just couldn't do anything with them. So I think if he set up those entries, if he, as I said, slowed it down, do less, less is more here, I think those entries might work a little bit better. Might catch him off time, might catch him blinking, and maybe be able to clinch him or take him down. The other point, he hit him once or twice pretty hard. He was able to catch him. He was clearly like that little bit, you know, quicker and longer to the punch not necessarily quicker in every punch I wouldn't say he's necessarily a faster fighter even though Malikin is you know the, the the heavyweight here 
But I think there is a way there. Now, at the other side of it, right, I'm being very, I feel like I'm being very complimentary to Rene the Ritter in a fight where he got destroyed. The other side of it, Maliaka was able to walk him down. The Ritter wasn't able to stop him. He was able to land a pile of shots. The Ritter wasn't able to stop any of them. He wasn't able to defend hardly any of his shots. He wasn't able to take him down. There was a small bit of clinching, not much. It was, it was a real one-sided beatdown. But what I'm looking for coming in here and, and what I'm, what I'm uh, uh, you know, speculating is how this fight can change, how it can be different this time. You know, um, the likelihood, and maybe we'll get into it more in, in the betting show this week, is that it won't. You know, the likelihood is that Maliakin will do again to him what he did the first time. Um, but there's always a chance. And someone as good as the Ritter if he can set up that takedown a little bit better, if he can land his shots a little bit better, make him pay a little bit more, he could have the chance. Like, just to, if you haven't seen a lot of, um, a lot of these lads before, let me just kind of maybe run through quickly what they are, aside from the first fight. So Deridia is a wrestler. And I was looking at my old notes for him, actually. And the point I made on previous to the first fight was he's very little set up but he's fast and that was an issue for him coming in here I think that's something he's going to have to solve sorry it was an issue for him coming into the last fight I think it's something he's going to have to solve coming into this one um, you know the, the guys from middleweight up usually can't stop that they usually can't deal with his speed but Malyakin really was he just shocked him off multiple times Um Look, he's been caught before Big Dash nearly caught him in a guillotine. Um, he's been hit with big shots before, but um, he, he he's very good usually at kind of giving space but controlling the fight, which is, is odd in, in MMA. On the ground, is another thing which is odd in MMA is side control, really good from side control. It's a position that uh, has kind of died out a little bit. You know, people love the half guard now more, so he loves the passes. He's nasty little elbows inside, kind of pushes in the face. Really good cardio as well. Um, you know, not the best striking in the world, but he has a nice jab and he can hit hard. You know, he's a. I, I would. I, I was going to say he's like McKinsey Dern. I wouldn't go that far now, but you know, she hits hard. He can hit hard. He has a nice. They have nice jabs enough. It's just the defensive part. It's the putting it together part that's the issue. It's funny, like for him, when I say he has power, he's you know he's only three knockouts in his career. I venture to guess if I was to look through him that a lot of them have been um, uh, have been grounded upon. But the thing is. He very rarely gives himself the chance. He might have to in this because of Malyakin. So Malyakin, the other side of it then, he's a pressure striker, very good overhand right, good jab, um, fast backhand after the jab as well. Um, he's hooked to the body and his overhand combo is lovely. Um, he's used to fighting. It's funny because the Ritter is, you know, the Ritter is the guy who's from the lower weight class, but he's actually taller and somewhat bigger than Malyakin. And Malyakin's kind of used to that. You know, he's not the biggest man in the world for his weight classes. He can offensively wrestle as well. Very fast, catches leg, big power everywhere. So those are kind of, that's the breakdown of both of the fighters. What's my pick? How am I going to look at it? Uh, I think Malyakin's going to win again. I All of the, the, you know, the options I gave you for the Ritter to change things up, there's none of them I massively believe in, you know. Do I think he'd be able to establish a jab and, you know, make him pay with maybe a right hand? No. 
Do I think he'd be able to circle around all the time? That's the most likely way of him changing it, but I don't think so. Um, I think the, that's the most likely way with being slower setting up the takedowns. If he can do that, he has a chance. But if he can't, Malyakin is going to uh, to run through him again, and I feel like that's what's going to happen here. And I think he'll be a three way champion. Although, you know, being that three way champion is is not an easy thing to do, and very few people have done it. So let's see, uh, let's see how it rocks, and let's see how it goes. Um, fight after that then is a rematch between Jared Brooks and uh, and Joshua Pacquiao again. The they last fought in December of 2022. It was the last fight for um, uh, for Brooks. Pasha has been in there with Mansour Malkiewicz, uh, who's was fought a couple of weeks ago and is a very very good fighter. And he beat him via decision in uh, in October of last year. Watching back their last fight again, it was a lot closer of a fight than. Um, than maybe you remember. Like Brooks landed some strikes early and. You know, Passio threw a leg kick and got taken down. And you're thinking at that stage, massive error. He's going to be in trouble here, but he got ground and powder and didn't land the loads. And, um, you know, Passio kind of survived the first, I suppose, pretty easily, you know, not nothing, nothing that big, really. Um, in the second round, you know, he's kind of shoved against the cage again, but he broke out. Brooks was just so far out of range that he was struggling to get into it. You know, Tatum wasn't there in that second, but he did manage to get the clinch. Every time he did, um, Passio broke out of it. Brooks was doing okay on the feet, though, and I think that was the one big thing where a lot of people think, all right, if I keep Brooks on the feet, I'll be able to beat him there. Um, in the third round of the fight, it was a clinch. Good takedown defense again, but Brooks again was landing some nice shots on the fence. Passio... The rounds three, four, and five of this, big parts of it, it's just Passio not doing enough. I've written in my, I was looking at my notes from the last one after watching it here again, just not active enough. You know, uh, there was a rear naked choke attempt laid, oh, you know, almost saved by the bell after Brooks took the back. That was probably his best part of the fight. He landed a flying knee in, in the fifth, um, got taken down, but it got back up again. Um, again, here, here's. You know, here's the difference between this fight and, and the last fight that I was talking about where there was bits and pieces where you could see maybe the Ritter could find ways. There was large portions of this where Passio could find ways. The issue, the later the fight became, he kind of got taken down a little bit more. Like the last 70 seconds, he spent on the ground. But before that, like, when, if, again, let's say, if you stop Jared Brooks, right? So Jared Brooks... Very, very good wrestler. He just stays on top of you, an absolute blanket. But Passio was able to stop that. If he could just up it on the feet a little bit, he'd have a real chance of beating him. Um, the problem with that is, right, it's very hard to up it on the feet because you know you're going to get taken down if you put too much into it. So it's a real catch-22 situation, but you have to do it to win the fight because Brooks has shown now he's, you know, he's good enough to, to win a fight in that way So we'll talk about Brooks again in a second For Passiour Like a, uh, a reoccurring team with him Is he slower than you'd expect For a 115 pounder Right Probably more powerful than you'd expect as well He's kind of a steady, smart, accurate pace He throws spinning stuff He always throws in combinations Whether, you know, it's 
Uh, and, and when I say combinations, combinations of two, he very rarely throws in one. He very rarely throws in three or four or five. It's always two, you know. Um, he throws the right hand, and the second shot kind of switches up. Um, he's, uh, or, or you know, he can go through phases where the lead switches. So he might lead with the right hand and throw a kick after. He might lead with the kick and throw the right hand after it. Jabs very well to the body. Um, you know. The one thing I would say for him as well, right? He puts on a big pace after he lands something. It's the landing the thing that, that is the problem for him sometimes. If he, you know, if he's given reason to heal up the pace, but he needs, like, the reason to, to up the pace should be you're going to win the, the feckin' title. Like, you know? Um, a, bit, a bit of, one of them guys who f- maybe fights within himself a small little bit. Um, he doesn't like the pressure. And I think that's a part of it as well. Uh, he wrestles when he is pressured, but he's strong in the clinch. He has good takedowns, you know, um, body lock takedowns especially, but against Jared Brooks, not really going to happen. He's good control and ground upon as well. But as I said, the other side of it then on Jared Brooks, like a wrestler, very fast inter. All, look, all he wants to do is try to create a transition. He slides around to your back. Great BJJ. Um runs away on the outside, you know, sprints in for takedowns, all action, big slams, very strong for the weight class and way stronger than most guy. Um, as I said, with the striking as well, he'll throw big counters and he looked great on the feet in the first fight. Fires combos when he's wrestling. One might land, you know, and that's great for him. A bit open the strikes, I would say, is the only thing. So, again, how does this fight differ from the last one? It's it's look it's tough to look at a fight like this and we saw it going for twenty five minutes, and there's such clear ways for Passy out to change the fight to make himself more offensively effective. But I'll, I'll reiterate that point. That's easy for me to say. His him becoming more offensively effective. <clears throat> will just make Jared Brooks's offense more effective. And what's his offense? Takedowns. So it's a real, real catch-22 situation here. Massive. Look, if you're Passio, what should you do? Lessen the effect. Okay, stop Brooks taking you down. Try to lessen the effect of Brooks's shots on the feet. And you win the big moments. This fight is fought, uh, scored as a whole. If you can lessen his big moments... Up your big moments, stop the takedown. You have a real chance of winning. So I would think, I would say he has a big chance of winning. You have to do it though, early and often. You cannot do what happened in the last fight where you lose big portions of the fourth and fifth. Because unless you have a big knockdown or a big cut or a big damage, it's very unlikely you're going to win the fight having lost large portions of the last two rounds, you know, if it's relatively even. So those are the two things three, three things he needs to do up your output lessen his output or stop him from winning on the feed and stop that stop the takedown late right stop the takedown early obviously but you need to stop it late that cardio has to be on point for Brooks take the opportunities that are given to you is really the only way to say for him hit him on the outside take him down um I, I, I'm picking Mayakin in the main event. I, I'm going to pick Jared Brooks to win this again. 
as much as I say Passio can adjust and learn from this, I think Brooks could probably adjust and learn more. Uh, I think he'll watch back that in a different way than I watched it back and probably say, oh, I can take him down here, 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 and here. Which maybe he didn't enter the fight with that, that inkling, and now he can do it. So, yeah, I'd probably pick Brooks to win that one. The other fight uh, on this card, the third uh, um, uh, rematch, is probably the best fight. The first fight is the best fight of uh, the three. We just watched it back there, and do you know what? It's so it's so interesting to see how the fight scored as a whole kind of changes things because there's. <laughs> What round was it? The second round, you so uh, Kai Tang is fighting a kind of an outside uh, controlling game, and Tanley is finding it very hard to get in on him, right? But he does in the second round. Kai Tang answers back with a big shot as well, and that kind of evens it up. And then Kai Tang is winning because he's winning the rest of it. In the, I believe it was the fourth round. Kai Tang landed a big left hand, a big left hook. And uh, Tan Lee an, uh, uh, answered back with a, an, another kind of knockdown again. But then late in the round, Kai Tang landed a couple of big shots as well. I just feel like that was the story of the fight, where Tan Lee's shots, bigger shots, were kind of always evening it up a little bit against Tang Kai, who was already ahead because he was winning the general kind of running at a fight. And... Tanley fought a fight where you need to win those big moments because Kai Tang was winning. You know, if no big moments happened, Kai Tang would have won. It's scored as a whole, but 50-45. Let's put it that way. Um, and that is the key to this. Tanley has to change that. He has to win big moments in this fight. This fight is probably the easiest predict in terms of how it's going to go this time, right? I, I, Unless something major happens, right? But um, um, Tankai is going to try to kick the leg from the outside, stay on the outside, run around, control the fight, and not get hit by Tanley. That's the way he fights. He's very effective at it. He was brilliantly effective at it in, in winning the first fight. Right? Tanley and the other side of it has to do something. Again, again I said has to do something big. The, the one proviso I had from this fight not being the same as the first fight as I just uh, assumed it would be, would be Tanley getting takedowns, right? We know he's very, very good on the, um, on the ground. He, uh, he wish he showed against uh, Ilya Freeman. It was only his second submission in his career, but he has it in the locker, you know, and he's got a few, uh, a few ground and pound wins in there as well and stuff. But I think a takedown from him would be, would be big. I, I really do. I think that would change the general going of the fight, right? Is that necessarily how he wants to fight or usually fights? No. But I think against Kai Tang or Tang Kai, you you might just need to do that, right? The other side of it then is he has to find... Let's say he can't do that, right? Or if that isn't the way. He has to find a way to land big shots. He just has to. You can't fight... Um, Tai uh, Tang Kai on the outside again. You just cannot fight him on the outside. You'll be there. You're going to just spend another twenty five minutes just waiting for the result, like here, basically. And again, very easy for me to sit here and say that. 
very tough to do it against uh, like uh, Tenkai is a genius at controlling the fighting the outside. He's really good at it. Like very, very, very good at it. Plus he has power. You know, he's 13 knockouts in, in 17 fights. It's not like he's he's just an outside fighter. And he's you know, he's beaten some good guys in there as well. Jaewon Kim, um, uh, Kenny, uh, Keanu Suba, Ed Kelly and others as well. So I'm... I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see what uh, Tan Lee can do in here. You know, that Fremenov fight, he came into that as a big underdog. He won it in a minute. You know, um, Tang Kai hasn't fought since. Their last fight, which was in August of 2022, that's definitely a benefit for Tan Lee, who's, you know, as I said again, 38 years of age. (sighs) Honestly, my prediction earlier of the fight being a very similar fight is one I'm sticking by. Um... I I I I really can't see Tan Lee landing that big shot. He landed a few of them in the first fight, but they they were never on the mark completely. That left hook from Tan Kai is just so good as well. If I was to predict this, may I think maybe a decision for Tan Kai or maybe fourth fifth round finish with that left hook for him. So um, I'm looking forward. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. That's a fantastic fight altogether. Um, Let's talk about a couple of the other fights then uh, on the uh, on the MMA slate here. Um, Amir Amir Ali Barry is taking on Arjun Buller, obviously the former uh, the former champ. Um, <laughs> you know, two big boys here who you know you know you know what you're going to get from them. Arjun Singh Buller, very good. Um, you know, an, an all-round fighter who hasn't, you know, he hasn't been that active, I suppose, over the years. That Brandon Vera fight where he knocked him down was a massive win for him, Mauro Sorelli. I thought, you know, I liked Mauro Sorelli coming into that fight, but, you know, he's strong in the in the clinch and with takedowns and everything like that. And I was surprised to see he has no submissions, you know, because he does end up on the ground a lot of the time, especially in uh, in his UFC run. He see, from what I remember, he seems to end up there an awful lot. And Amir Ali Akbari has none either, and he ends up on the ground a good a good bit as well. So, look, this is two old school, big meaty men slapping meat. Um, Ali Akbari as well. He seems to have put on a lot of size um, over the last while, but he's better when he's smaller. But it's interesting, like, because I remember saying that before one of his recent fights, and then he looked a bit smaller again coming into a fight afterwards. So I'm interested to see where he, uh, how he looks, but he's strong on top, you know, kind of a slowish striker, uh, which has improved late in his career. You know, crucifix, smash Mauro Sorelli as well. He's kind of wide open for strikes and he's swinging him. Whereas Butter, you know, Butter's kind of the same. He throw one down the middle, maybe try to be a little bit more technical, but. Look, someone will probably get hit here. They'll probably fall down, and that you know that, that'll probably be the end of it. Um, interesting for Buller, you know, he fought Maliakin, obviously back in the summer of last year. It was twenty twenty one before he fought, but before that, and uh, twenty nineteen before that. So, look, if he's going to have a late run in his career here, thirty seven years of age, he probably needs to win this uh, and go on again. And um, you know, what's uh, Maliakin doing? Is he going to let that heavyweight belt go if he wins in the lower weight classes? Who knows? So maybe there could be an interim or, or, or vacated belt there, and he could be back in it. So a big fight in that division. I mean, our Aliak Barry is is probably the the one in-form guy in that division. He's won his last three. You know, Rug Rug is there as well, so maybe maybe that could be a fight that could happen down the line as well. So interesting one in um, in that one. Um, the other fight that I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to 
uh, on this fight is um, Jeremy Miado versus uh, Kato Yamakita. I think it was. I think this was only added uh, pretty late. Um, but it's a very, very interesting, uh, interesting fight, and it's the the last uh, the last MMA fight on the card. The the, the MMA fight that opens up the card. Um, yeah, Yamakita didn't fight that that long ago, and either did uh, either did Miado. Yam, um, uh, has very nice hooks is the one thing you you say about him. Good wrestling, good on top, um, knees on the ground used very 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 well obviously they're legal in one championship um he fought on the ground with alex silva and i remember saying last time that that says a lot about him alex silva's a beast there for you know the strawweights are, are fantastic jeremy miado very tall for the weight i always describe him as moving like dominic cruz but more orthodox uh which well he fights out of the orthodox sense i wouldn't say he's more orthodox maybe that's the, the wrong way of saying it. um he kind of races in with combos likes the uppercut a uh, little bit open for the leg kick you know he fights in that wide enough stance um throws a lovely step in head kick a little bit like cruz or tj dillashaw back in the day good takedown defense enters with power with very little setup all 100 percent, and it works really well for him he's extremely quick uh, and extremely accurate look this is Wrestling against striking, um, Miata's generally underdog. I, have, I actually haven't seen the prices on this one yet, but this could be, you know, Yamakita's probably going to win this, right? But I always like Miata on an underdog price here, so let's see, uh, let's see the betting odds on this before, uh, before we, we make a final judgment on it. So, um, yeah, that's the main stuff from, from this card anyway. I'm really, really looking forward to it, as I said. Uh, a top card from one championship. And uh, if you're uh, thinking about tuning in, do, because I think it'll be good. So, um, yeah, I will leave it there. Thank you to everybody for listening. Please uh, hit the subscribe button and give this video a like, if you uh, if you so please. Uh, my name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com, and I'll see you all next time.